Hello and welcome to Pelican Sports Radio. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Talking sports with TK. Ready to mix it up. And I don't even know where to start after the NFC Championship game yesterday. The New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Rams. We do know the Rams advanced to Super Bowl 53. But wow. I mean, just wow. How does that happen? Human beings are involved. There's going to be errors. There's going to be mistakes. The Saints didn't play a perfect game. Sean Payton didn't coach a perfect game, nor did the Rams or Coach McVay. The announcers didn't call a perfect game. But the referees didn't call a perfect game, and they usually never do. But the the non-call with just under two minutes to go in the game was a game-changer. And I chose those words carefully, kind of took them from Sean Payton, the coach of the New Orleans Saints. Game changer. All my life I've been of the belief that, you know, one call doesn't cost a team a game. And if you're up by 20 points, the one call is not going to matter. You can overcome it. And certainly the Saints will be the first to tell you they had chances, they had opportunities. It didn't happen. But it was a game changer. Now, we don't know. The Saints may have, if they'd have called interference, may have fumbled the next snap away. Rams may have recovered. We'll never know. They might have scored a touchdown, kicked the field goal, won the Super Bowl in two weeks. We'll never know. What we do know is the fact that there was no penalty called was a game changer. The mere fact that the NFL called Sean Payton very shortly after the game, prior to him meeting with the media, to say we blew it. Should have been interference, should have been helmet to helmet. That doesn't make it any better. It makes it worse. The Rams defensive back said, yeah, I interfered. I I was beat on the play. I'd rather have a penalty than give up the touchdown. That made it worse. The state of New Jersey is refunding wagers on the game. That in alone questions the integrity of the game. My tweet that I sent out after the game last night, after some thought, and it got a lot of reaction, I'm going to go word for word with it. At the NFL, you have a problem. When the integrity of the league can be legitimately questioned, that is a problem. Not sure if you can overcome the officiating issues that have surfaced all season, capped off during the NFC Championship game. If people start questioning the integrity, and I say legitimately question, which I think you can make that question, you can state that question after the non-call in the Saints game yesterday. This affected lives, livelihoods, legacies, and what is supposed to be important to the NFL, its fans have to be disappointed. I don't care which of the 32 teams, I guess other than the Rams, that you're a fan of, you know this was wrong. And a a Ram fan would tell you it was wrong. You can't have this. The question of the league's integrity is the most important thing they have is integrity. And if you question it, we go back to championship wrestling days, WWE. It's all rigged. It's all fixed. And... When you hear, well, they wanted the L.A. market team into the Super Bowl better for TV ratings. When you hear there's a billion-dollar stadium going up in L.A., which will be the home of the NFL Network, by the way, within that facility, and they got to sell tickets, they got to sell suites, they got to be successful in the L.A. market, although the NFL went a long time without being in that market. It just makes you legitimately question. Roger Goodell. No, he was not on the field. He was not reffing. As my understanding, he wasn't even at the game. He is a reactive, not proactive guy. Let's hope that the situation that happened last night forces the NFL Competition Committee to do something about it. I don't know if I'm smart enough to know the answer. I'm not. But let's hope they figure out a way to get things more close to perfect. You're never going to be perfect. When human beings are involved, heck, even the best computers in the world have glitches. It's life. 
Life sometimes can be not fair. And the NFL is so worried about doing a game in three hours because of TV and TV money. Money, money, money. Follow the money. They have to forget that. They have to keep the integrity of the game. If you took a vote of every coach in the league and said, Coach, by the way, uh, we're changing all these replay rules and the game might take three hours and 45 minutes now instead of three hours, three hours and five minutes. The vote would be 32 to none. They would want to do that to get all calls correct or get 99.9% of them correct. Because just as soon as you think it's perfect, you'll find out that it is not. Very unfortunate. My daughter was at the game. I know other people that were at the game. I know plenty of people that were in the Wallows just to have fun and be part of the feeling. And then to lose the game is one thing. When two teams line up, somebody's going to lose. But when you lose the game with a game-changing call with under two minutes to go in a game, it makes you shake your head. If that play happens on the very first drive of the game, very first drive, you know, 12 minutes and 42 seconds to go first quarter, it's still awful. But it's game-changing when it happens when it did. Sean Payton made the comment, we may never get over this. I take you back to about seven years ago. LSU played Alabama in the same building for the BCS title. We all know what happened. Bama just, it it was all Bama. They shut them out. LSU didn't cross the 50-yard line or whatever. LSU is just now overcoming that. In the last year or two, Ed Orgeron's got things going in the right direction. I don't know what's going to happen with the Saints going forward. You know, last year in Minnesota, Stephon Diggs makes the play. Williams makes the bad play for the Saints. No matter how you slice it, you got to look in the mirror and say, we got beat. They made a play. We didn't. When the Vikings beat the Saints last year in the playoffs. This time, yes, the Saints can look at a lot of things. A lot of missed opportunity. Probably Sean Payton be the first to tell you. There were plays that he called that he shouldn't have called in hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But to have that happen when it did, it, it, it goes back to my tweet. You can legitimately question the integrity of the league. And I've seen and read everything as you have about the ref played for the Rams and he used to live in Santa Barbara. And, you know, you can take, you can spin it however you want. It's just very unfortunate that this happened. Now, it, you know the old saying, it's not about what happens to you, it's what you do about it. Well, what will the NFL do about this? Will they make pass interference subject to replay review? What are they going to do? Uh, are coaches going to have more of a challenge? You know, we have a modern technological world. The heck with the ref run. I've said this a, a dozens of times. The heck with the ref running 65 yards over to the little bitty camera booth and looking at it. Stay on the field. And somebody texts you the, the answer. That's all you got to do. Hit your Apple Watch with it. That'll save time. It's all about the money. Money, money, money. There are those that say the money has corrupted college football. A lot of truth to that. Money has corrupted the NFL. A lot of truth to that. And this officiated problem has been happening all season long. How about that Cowboys-Eagles game, a fumble on the opening kickoff, Eagles recover, and replay says no clear recovery. That's got to be able to be changed. You've got to change it. I don't care how many challenges and timeouts. That's minimal compared to an organization like the New Orleans Saints and the hundreds of people that work for that organization, the thousands of people that support that organization worldwide, nationwide especially, and, of course, in Louisiana and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It ain't right. You have shortchanged them. And most importantly, NFL, here we're sitting in the afternoon Almost um, eh, a little less than 24 hours after it happened, still no statement by the NFL. Other than what the head ref said to the pool reporter, which was garbage. Other than the phone call that Sean Payton got. Because, see, they don't want to say it again because then you got to relive it. That replay has been shown over a million times, I'm sure. 
And if the NFL comes out with a statement, it's going to get shown another million times. I, I don't know that they can put that officiating crew on the field again. I don't know. Everybody makes mistakes. I have made thousands of mistakes. You have. We all have. We're human beings. Nobody's perfect. Nobody plays a perfect game. None of that. But you got to have a higher standard for a multi-billion dollar league that can't afford to have their integrity legitimately questioned. I'm Tommy Chrysan. Wow. All right. Coming up on today's show, 3.30, Eric Asher. We'll certainly talk about the Saints with that. 4.20, Trey. We continue. I am Tommy Chrysan, Pelican Sports Radio, talking sports with TK. My pleasure to now be joined by Eric Asher of Sports 1280 Radio in New Orleans, WLAE-TV in New Orleans, longtime sportscaster, friend of mine. Eric, good afternoon. I normally say, how are you today? But I think I know how you are. You're still shaking your head like most folks. Well, well, Tommy, you said it when you joined me on my show this morning. You're still stunned. Uh, I, I'm still stunned like the rest of uh, what I believe is probably uh, saints from coast to coast, from uh, uh, around every country around, around this world, anybody that witnessed uh, what happened yesterday in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I mean, I, a lot of words have been and tweeted, mentioned, written, typed, talked about. I still don't know what right words describe what transpired and the effect on so many. Eric, I was listening to a national show today, Dan Patrick, and a, a lady from California, a Saints fan in California, called in, was still crying this morning over what happened last night, the passion that it reached into so many people's hearts. And, and, you know, as you said, there's Saints fans all over the place, and obviously the bulk of them are in the greater New Orleans area, Louisiana, Mississippi coast, and that stretches beyond that, I know. But, man, it's just, uh, you know, last year they got beat. Diggs made a play. Williams didn't make a play. Vikings win. A lot easier to swallow that than a game-changing call late in the game that has affected so many. No, and Tommy, I think you're 100% correct on that. I think everybody can live with the fact that, you know, a player missed a play and it cost you a game. Uh, I don't think many people, again, can wrap their mind around the fact that an official's call or non-call in this, in this case uh, could change the course of a season, of a franchise, and again, could cost a game uh, in a championship setting. I mean, it's just, it's unfathomable. And... Uh, it's going to take a long, as, as Peyton said yesterday, it's going to take a long time for, for the team to get over. This fan base that has endured so much since 1967, uh, it's going to take a lot for them to get over as well, if they ever can get over. Because again, this is one that's going to be recited for generation after generation about what happened in the Dome yesterday. We still talk about Tom Dempsey's kick a long time ago. This will be talked forever and eternity by our grandchildren and their children and their grandchildren. I mean, this is just a, a mark, a scar that's not going to go away. We all have scars in our life, some that are physical scars and some are mental scars. This is both. And, um, well, I, and Tommy, I, you said it best on my show today, and, and I think it's been echoed through anybody that really looks at what happened. It questions the integrity of the NFL. This was robbery, okay? You know, I, felt, I said today I felt violated. I felt as if somebody came in my house and robbed my house. You know, I mean, that, that's the type of situation. You are looking at an official to be fair and to be honest on what he or she sees on the field. I don't care if you're talking about Little League, Pee Wee football, men's league, high school, college, or pro. You know, it, it, is, it is sacred what, what an official is involved in. Because they can determine the outcome of a game. And at the end of the day, when something was as egregious as what you saw yesterday, not one penalty, but two, pick one, pick one. And then to not make the call, again, it goes to the integrity of the game. To have officials that, again, are from the Los Angeles area that are participating in a game with the Los Angeles Rams, whether it was intentional, whether it was unintentional, it's not a good look for the NFL. To have those two officials that are now involved in that particular call is another thing that doesn't look good for the NFL. 
And look, I don't care about the apology, how quick the NFL was, was to call Sean Payton and to apologize. Uh, it, what is done is done. And, and now you're looking at, once again, the Saints uh, not achieving as much as they could have achieved in, in a certain season. And this has been the theme in the Payton era. Look, I don't want to get on Payton because, again, as I mentioned on my show today, this is as much on Payton and Breeze as it is on the official. Uh, there were some bad calls. There were, there were some uh, bad clock management during that game. But at the end of the day, you can live with a coach's bad call. He can be criticized. You can live with a quarterback checking out of a play and not trying to run the clock. He will be criticized. The one thing you never think about the integrity of the game is, uh, is, is that, again, that somehow the officials will, 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 uh, will in, in, impose themselves on the outcome of the game. And in this case, it happened, Tommy. And I think it's going to be tough for football fans in, in New Orleans, Louisiana, to get over. But I think you've got football fans around the country now that are questioning the integrity of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan or a New York Jet fan, two teams that you know are in the bottom portion of the league, if you stack them all up, those fans have to be saying, wait a minute. How can the NFL allow this to happen? How can this occur? Hey, when human beings are involved, everything's subject to error. Of course, the greatest smartphone and the greatest computer in the world can still have a glitch. Okay, we understand that. But, you know, as I have said on your show, I've never been one to buy into the conspiracy thing. I think they have too many people involved and somebody's going to spill the beans. But when you see that, okay, you it, it, it raises the legitimate questioning of the integrity. It's one thing to question the integrity, you know, because your team got raw into some kind of deal or whatever, okay? But when you can legitimately question, and, and, and I don't want to say his name, but a national sportscaster texted me to agree with my tweet that I, I know I sent to you as well about questioning yeah. the integrity. And because, this is just not a New Orleans Saints fan thing. You just said it, league-wide sportscasters across the country it's been what they've talked about all day long they're not talking about the fact that we now know the two teams in the Super Bowl which is the biggest spectacle in sports perhaps other than the World Cup but you know it's just you would have to hope that it can't happen but it did happen and it affects the lives and livelihood of so many people in this Saints organization, the people that work in the front office, the training staff, the equipment staff. All these people are affected, and it makes you wonder if these refs weren't told. They, you know, we got to make sure the Rams get in this game. We, they're building a billion-dollar stadium, which, well, by the and, way. And, 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 Tommy, look, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either, but, again, when you look at trying to get that L.A. market off the ground, the, the – uh, uh, the, the fact that football has not worked in that market in, in the past, what the NFL has invested in that market, look, you gotta, you got you to at least look at that. And then, and then the other part of it is, look, it's not out the realm of a possibility to have officials that, that, that are not honest. I mean, we've seen it in the NBA. I know people were, uh, were upset and, and, and were surprised by what we saw in the NBA a while back with officials that were betting on games. You know, now in, 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 the, in the era of Legalized sports betting in, in, our, in our country, the fact the NFL now is hooked up with a casino, look, they got to be even more above board, okay? And now, at this time uh, in the NFL's history, their integrity is being questioned, and it has to be, based on what we saw yesterday. And look, I know that there's a way for the commissioner to come in and to replay the game at the exact time, at the exact spot where, you know, uh, the, the Saints uh, penalty was not called about the time there. Hey, Saints fans, uh, that's a pipe dream. That will never happen. That's not going to happen. I know that there are some people out there that have a petition that they're going to try to get this done. That will fall on deaf ears. What is done is done. Now the question is, uh, what happened? When we saw back in 2009 when Garley kicked that, that kick to be able to put the Saints into the Super Bowl, they quickly changed the, uh, changed the overtime rules saying it wasn't fair in a championship game to allow an, a, a team to not have at least have possession of the ball. And we saw the, the rules change. How quickly now will the rules change in terms of accountability for what's being called on the field and using technology to be able to do that? That's going to be the next question down the line here. And something I've said all fall, they're going to have to put more refs on the field to better cover, watch these elite athletes who have a skill set that 
you know, only 32 times 53 guys on the roster have, okay, or maybe a handful of others. They can't keep up uh, with the, the pace of play. That 50-year-old insurance guy, real estate guy, attorney, financial broker, uh, small business owner, whatever he might be, he can't keep up with, with Goff and Breeze and Thomas and Ingram and Kamara and Lewis and whomever. They, they can't keep up with the speed of the game that's out there, which causes them to miss calls or not make calls. Because making a call is all about being in position to make yep. the call, okay, and have the correct view. Well, if you put more refs out there, you know, basketball went from two to three refs decades ago. And at first, oh, no, we can't do that. Now you wouldn't think of playing a basketball game with two referees out there, even at the high school level. So yeah. they're going to have to couldn't put a, with, put a couple more guys out there. I, I know that. This, like I added on my show. Sure. Full-time officials. Okay. Full-time officials. There was a time in the NFL when NFL players were part-time players. They had jobs in the offseason. That's no longer the case, as you mentioned. Bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, again, training all year long uh, for, for an NFL season. they got to get to the point where they get younger with their officials and where officials become full-time officials. Okay, so that this is not the insurance agent or the president of a bank that comes out on the weekend and, and, and he's an NFL official. Okay, they've got to change that. They've got to go with full-time officials as well. Yeah, and, and it has, they have to move the average age of the officials down. I mean, you've got to be able to keep up with these elite, incredible athletic athletes who have a skill set that only a handful of people on the planet have. I mean, it's uh, it's just Absolutely something. True. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch Super Bowl or not. I'll probably look at it unless I get a better offer. <laughs> but that might be to join somebody for a cold beer. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the NFL better it's gonna hope. Be, it's going to be tough, Tommy. I mean, look, I've gotten calls from friends. Uh, family, sponsors this morning uh, that, again, are refusing to watch the Super Bowl. It's not going to hurt the NFL. they got the two, big, two of the biggest markets in the NFL, and it's a worldwide event. But, again, I think it'll be a long way in at least showing the NFL that, you know what, this diehard football country uh, has turned their back on, on the NFL. And, look, it's, it's going it, it, to be tough to get over for a long, long time. And, and look, I, I wonder how... You know, now you're looking at two years in a row where, where this team has had a devastating situation happen to them to end their season. They were resilient and came back strong last year. It was player error. How do you get back up and, and, and again, go back out and be ready to be the same team next year to, have, uh, to be in contention? You know, it's as much of a mental and an emotional game as it is a physical game. And uh, this, is, well, this one's got to hurt. This one's got to hurt everybody in that locker room as well. And to go back to your point about full-time officials, they can certainly afford it, okay? This is not Absolutely. a money – you know, high school refs, I mean, I know they struggle to get refs and sometimes they can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, I get – but in the NFL, the multi-billion dollar operation, they can afford to have refs train them. You, I mean, they got to get, you know – two rosters of 53 guys that are no longer in the league and let them go play a game and let the refs officiate it, you know, because they'd only be a notch away from the real thing if they were recently retired, still in shape. I mean, whatever. I mean, money should not be the issue on that. But, Eric, it, 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 I'm like you. I don't know how long this the game, Tommy. Yeah, you know, when it again, comes to the integrity of the game. Let's hope that the powers that be who are far smarter than me or you or – you know, the powers that be had better figure this out before the first kickoff next fall, okay? They've got to do something, and you're right. After that, they beat the Vikings with that field goal and the Vikings didn't touch the ball. They immediately changed the rules. I look for a change in the replay rules. Passion interference, I already talked that it's going to be added. Uh, you know, they they got to figure it out. You got time to figure it out. You better figure it out. You better figure it out quick. We're visiting with well, Eric. If the, Canadian, if the Canadian Football League can do it, the NFL can do it. <laughs> well said, sir. Uh, we're visiting with Eric Asher. I am Tommy Chrysan. We continue with Pelican Sports Radio, talking sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. We're now joined by Mr. Trey Blossman, longtime sports talk personality, music guru, among other things. Trey, good afternoon. How the heck are you? Well, Tommy, I'm better than I was yesterday. 
uh, about 22 hours ago. Uh, that I think... was one of the. Mo- I know y'all have kicked it around all day on the station, but that is probably. And I reserve the right to change my mind upon being reminded of something else that I'm forgetting. That's probably the worst non-call in the history of the NFL playoffs. I think it is the worst, like you, unless somebody can remind me of something else. And keep in mind, that would be shortened to the last 15 years or so with HDTV and the um, the increased ability of replaying, you know, reverse angle and all that stuff. I guess maybe more than 15 years ago, but... You go back into the, the 50s, 60s, the days of the Packers, the 70s, the days of the Steelers, and it, the, the officiating did not get the scrutiny that it gets now. Uh, I guess when Don Shula in the competition committee in the 80s, you know, Don Shula's famous lines as well, everybody sitting on the sofa has this to replay, we better use it, when they first began discussing whether or not to use it. But it's, uh, it, as Sean Payton said, there, there cannot be a worse missed call in the history of the National Football League. Somebody did make one point to me, and, and this is only for the old people to remember this. Perhaps what they did to the USA basketball team in the 72 Olympics is worse, perhaps. 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 But and Certainly that was as equally as big a stage. There may have been worse non-calls or worse calls in NFL history, but not at such a significant moment in a football game. The call there virtually guarantees the Saints to win. I understand there's a chance that we could have missed the field goal, but but that guy's good. He made one on the next play that would have been at least 10 yards longer than that. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way he misses the field goal. You have plenty of time there. You run the clock down. You take your time out. You try the field goal on third down in case you get a bad snap or something. You can throw it away and still line up and try it again on fourth down. I just don't see any road back to anything but a St. Victory had they made the play call. Now, relative to the play call, I read something earlier today. I don't know if it was from the referee in the game or from somebody from the league office, but he said he hadn't the play you know like how at this point in time could you not have seen the play if you're in the nfl office certainly everybody in the NFL office has seen that play a hundred times by now I, I didn't understand the comment at all i saw the best replay i saw was a camera that must have been in the end zone and you could see an official at the pylon looking right down the sideline where the play occurred right at the play he didn't make the call. But behind the play, in the white hat, is the referee. They all wear black hats. The referee wears a white hat. He is staring right at the play. So you had two officials in positions to make the call. Neither one of them makes the call. I hate to think NFL games are rigged, and we've talked about this a time or two on the segment before. I hate to think that. And as you so uh, brilliantly pointed out, if the public starts thinking that, interest in NFL games is way down, the books will shut down and will no longer take action on the NFL. I think this, what happened yesterday is a serious mark against the credibility of the National Football League. If Roger Goodell was a strong commissioner, which we know he is not, he's very weak, he would have already made a decision, and we'd be replaying this game from the point that that happened with the penalty call, or he would just declare the Saints the winner of the NFC. And, uh, I, again, a strong commissioner would do that. I think it's important for the league. I heard some Rams players say, well, we deserve to go to the Super Bowl. No, you do not. You were given a gift by one of the most horrible non-calls in the history of sports. All right, I, I have a solution, Tommy. And we've talked about the money that the NFL has, and this would be probably one of the least expensive solutions. They have to have some kind of a booth or studio where three 
NFL officials are watching the games on monitors, big, big monitors. All three of them has a button. If one of them presses a button, it stops action on the field immediately until the play can be sorted out. And you can't tell me if that situation was in effect yesterday that that game wouldn't have been stopped. Certainly one out of three people that were watching that that are trained NFL officials would have pressed that button to stop the play on the field. It's amazing with all the things that go to replay and they still don't know what a catch is that a play like this can't go to replay. Uh, the NFL, again, serious credibility issues, which is not good for the future of the league. And they got a bigger problem because, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, I'm looking at it. This is a report out of Atlantic City, New Jersey. A sports book in New Jersey is offering bet it, betting credits for customers and refunds who bet on the New Orleans Saints due to the widespread belief that the team was victimized by a blown call. That in itself is a sports book questioning the integrity of the NFL. And well, that's a, that's Tommy, a problem. I, I don't that, know if the sports book is ahead of the curve and others will be saying similar things or if they're trying to get some media attention. But I, I applaud them for doing so because it was bad. And look, uh, I know numerous people who were holding tickets for the NFC for the Saints to win the NFC at some pretty good odds. One of my sons said he had a ticket that would have paid $1,500 had they won that game yesterday. And, you know, that's not a whole hell of a lot of money, but it's significant enough to be angry about. Uh, if you watch the game... Either team could have won. There's no doubt about that. The Rams were dealt a punch to the face early. They came back. The Saints failed to put them away early with the two field goals. A couple of touchdowns there. and You're not talking 13 to nothing. You're talking 21 to nothing at that point. Uh, we let the Rams get back in the game. But still, the Saints did what they needed to do to win the game. And the play at the two-minute warning, the long pass, was what a brilliant play, and it goes for naught because of the officiating. Uh, Drew Brees made a play, and Ted Ginn made a play to put the Saints in a position to win the game, and, and they were just flat-out robbed. I can't see it any other way. I, I'm not being a homer. I could you know, put those teams in different uniforms with no names on them. I'm going to tell you that the, the team that was driving the football got victimized. By the no call. Forget that it was the same. It was so blatantly obvious. I have had people who tell me I don't even really watch a lot of football, mostly women in this situation, but I've seen the Saints. I mean, I saw the Saints game, and that was a robbery. It's all over social media. It, it, it started instantly. TSN, which is the Canadian ESPN, sent the tone out right after it happened. It's what a horrible, blown call by the officials. It's such a significant game. Uh, Goodell being very, very quiet today. Cricket's coming out of the commissioner's office, Tommy. Well, he's going to put his head in the sand and hope that it blows over and goes away, as he does with every other situation that comes up. And here, I got something for you that, that cannot be measured, but I want you to follow me here for a few seconds. Unintended consequences are sometimes the most severe. How many barrooms and sports bars and restaurants in South Louisiana on up to Jackson, Mississippi, where there are a lot of Saints fans, on over to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, whose casinos, sports books were packed this weekend because people could wager on the Saints. How much money are all of those establishments going to lose because people are not going to go watch the Super Bowl or not as many are going to go watch because of what happened to the Saints? That's immeasurable. Cannot Tommy. measure it down to the I, I, down to. I mean, the, the owners of the Pelican. They own a new restaurant in Baton Rouge on Corsi Boulevard. Scoreboards. It was packed for the Saints games yesterday. Standing room only. If the Saints were in the Super Bowl, they would be packed again. Standing room only. Now, who knows what kind of crowd they're going to have? All an unintended consequence of a game-changing non-call. Well, Tommy, think about the bars and the restaurants in the New Orleans and South Louisiana, Mississippi Gulf Coast area, 
How much business did they lose last night after the game? How many people would have gone out, partied, and celebrated after that football game had the Saints won compared to how many that did after they lost? I know, I think it was Channel 4 News. Maybe it was, I guess it was after the other football game last night I was watching, and they said that while Bourbon Street did swell up with the crowd right after the game, within an hour it was dead. That crowd would have continued into the night, Tommy. A lot of businesses lost money last night because of this. And, and that's, a, you know, now let, 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 let's kick it back to the several hundred people that work for the New Orleans Saints organization. You know, uh, the, whole, the the guy that cleans up the building at night when nobody's there, that, that's his job. He works for the New Orleans Saints. You know, how many of them are affected by this? And here, uh, a good friend of ours, Coach Nick Salter from Maggio, one of his quotes last night was, he tell he's he's told this to a high school referee or two over the years, and he's coached for a very long time, very successful, state title at East Jefferson, et cetera. He said, here we go, quote, if a coach does a bad job, the coach gets fired. If a referee does a bad job, the coach gets fired. <laughs> Makes all the right sense. On, well, right maybe on. not as much at the high school level, but I get the point. Okay, Coach Salt is spot on. You know, Sean Payton's not going to get fired tomorrow. We know that, okay? But, I mean, the referees have – there's no accountability. There's no – I mean, the NFL should have been coming out today saying this officiating crew will no longer work an NFL game. It's not going to change the outcome, but it's going to send a message to the rest of the referees that you better, you know – be as close to perfect as you can, and nobody's perfect. No human being is, ever has been, or ever will be. But you can't have what happened there. What's going to come out of it is like when the Saints beat the Vikings in the NFC title game years ago, overtime, they get the kick, go kick a field goal. They immediately change the rules and say both teams got possession unless the initial possession resulted in a touchdown, which happened for the Patriots last night. They're going to change the rules about about pass interference and can it be reviewed. i got to believe that's the very least to come out of this. Well, you know, you, you mentioned the Patriots game. Three very, very big reviews in the fourth quarter of that game all went the Patriots' way. I think the calls were all made correctly after the reviews. It just happened that they all went the Patriots' way. But the fact is they were reviewed. How can you review some things and not other things? Anything that's significant in a game of football should be reviewed, okay? I, I, I don't know how missing a penalty is not something that's under the purview of being able to be reviewed. Tommy, we've talked about the problems the NFL has ad nauseum on this segment. Uh, I love to beat up on the NFL. I watch NFL football. But I do not like the commissioner. As I said, I think he's a very weak man. Uh, the owners, they must just be making so much money they don't care, or else they're a bunch of weaklings as well. And I know that's not the case. There's a couple of rebels in that group. But you can't tolerate this. As you said, the, the league office should have been making multiple announcements today, and instead they're very silent. Did you see the petition that's going around on this? Uh, about the uh, Goodell, according to the rules, Goodell can have the game replayed or replayed from that point. Or he can just declare the Saints to win. It. He has the authority to he, do that. There is a petition going around. It has almost 400,000 signatures on it already. I don't think that it's going to do any good. Any announcements would have had to be made today by the league. I don't think, how long can you wait? If you're going to play that game over from that point, the Rams are already back in California. When do you do it? Do you bring them all the way here to play three kneel downs and a field goal? Because we all know that's what would have happened, right? Yep. Uh, anyway, the Saints were done wrong. It's a blow to everyone in the Saints organization. It's a blow to all of the season ticket holders and the fans. I'm a casual fan. I, I'm not a Saints fan like I am an LSU fan. That doesn't mean I don't pull for it. And uh, I, I was stunned when the game was over, Tommy. As you know, I'm a long-time Patriots fan, way before Brady and Belichick. Uh, all 
always pull for them. I have the NFL season ticket package so I can watch them. I watch them most every week. If not, I record the game and I watch it later. I couldn't even be happy that the Patriots were ahead 14 nothing over the Chiefs because I was so stunned and wiped out by what had happened to the Saints. Yeah, again, I was kind of glued to social media, you know, um, looking at the reaction nationally, you know, players that used to play in the league and, you know, had nothing to do with the Saints still commenting. You know, I mean, it was it was just uh, unbelievable the way that thing blew up and went nuts. I mean, I, nobody could count how many tweets were involved with that. But, uh, yeah, and here's the thing. This is what the NFL has to be worried about. All right, two of the worst teams in the league, Arizona Cardinals and New York Jets, okay? They're, they're you know, not even close to playoff talk. If you're a fan of one of those two teams, you have to be concerned about what transpired in the Superdome, okay? You have to be concerned because it could happen to you next. And I, I've never been a conspiracy guy because I think too many people would have to be involved and somebody would leak it out. But the NFL is, needs to be in the Los Angeles market, okay? They've got a team there now that had trouble selling tickets last year when they were 4-12. and 12. they got a, a gazillion-dollar stadium going up, which will also be the headquarters of the NFL network, all right? There's going to be like a facility. It's not just a football stadium. It's a, like they're building for the Rangers in baseball. It's an it's a entertainment facility that, by the way, there's a football stadium as part of it. That that this that you don't think that these refs weren't told, you know, if this is close to the end, we need the Rams in the Super Bowl, not the Saints. It's a bigger market. We need the Rams to succeed now and in the short term and in the long term for the betterment of this league, all wrapped around the almighty dollar bill. Well, yeah. I, I, I didn't know until after the game yesterday, yesterday evening that Rams fans did not want that referee working the game. They did a they petition. Were, they were very vocal about it, and uh, it, it turns out he probably shouldn't have been calling the game. Uh, he has a lot of ties to them, but they didn't want him either. Was it an overreaction to him being criticized by Rams fans before the game, the way that game played out? Was, that wasn't the only miscall. There was another pass interference on another big play earlier in the game. It just happens this one absolutely because of the time that it happened affected the outcome. I had texted someone, Tommy, right after the big play and the catch uh, by Ginn, we got this. We win. And, look, I watch enough football to know uh, that that call should have been made and we should have won the football game. It, it, it's just unbelievable to me. You know, the Saints, yeah, they made some mistakes. They probably shouldn't have thrown incomplete on first down right after the big completions again. But fact is, the play was made. It should have given us the first and goal with enough time to uh, just enough time to kill the clock and kick the game when it's field. I, I really have been at a loss for words, and I'm never at a loss for words. I'm, I'm trying to stammer out some things that make sense. Here this afternoon, nearly 24 hours later, and I'm finding it difficult to properly verbalize my emotions, which is extremely rare for me. Uh, again, it's just upsetting. And I know Saints fans, I know some personally that are hurting a whole lot worse than I am because they're much bigger fans than I am. I know someone who drove to Canton to watch Ricky Jackson being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay? I'm not that kind of fan. But it still stings. And for you season ticket holders and serious Saints fans that have signs and grottos to the Saints in your home, and people have such things, I, I really feel for you because you got to be hurt bad. Yes, and uh, I, I listened to the Dan Patrick show this morning. A woman from California, a Saints fan in California, called Dan Patrick's show. She was still crying about what happened to the Saints. She's a big Saints fan, and it's affecting her the next day. I just got a text. Gail Benson was just on the NFL Network. I'm paraphrasing here, but she said there's no way any team or city should have to be put through this. 
And that's why it goes back to my comment that I don't care if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan or the New York Jets or the, the New York Giants, Buffalo Bills, uh, whomever, you know. You, you better be concerned because now there is a legitimate question about the integrity of the league that has surfaced on top of a season long full of egregious errors and failure to use instant replay to get a call correct. Yeah. I, again, it's befuddling, Tom. The entire situation is just unbelievable. LSU basketball did good. Yeah, that's the next thing on my list. Another <laughs> convincing win Saturday versus South Carolina. I just have four things written on the list, and that's the second one. A very impressive win. This team is getting better and better every game. Coach Wade is learning how to mix and match his players and substitution patterns a little bit better each game. Uh, this team could be peaking at the right time about a month from now, Tommy. Yeah, I agree, and they got a great shot to, to win again Wednesday. They host Georgia, 6 o'clock tip. Uh, the the, the next, next handful of games, I don't want to get ahead of things, but the next handful of games are winnable, and this team, and you kind of made reference to it, they're starting to gel. They're starting to mesh. Coach Wade is starting to figure out groupings and personnel uh, situations for – different parts of the game and uh they're kind of they're not peaking let's hope they're not peaking but they're headed in the correct direction and that should be encouraging for tiger basketball fans absolutely i i don't it's been some time since we've had this formidable a front line and we also have some pretty good guard play you know we've had one or the other but we hadn't had both for a while now uh, this could be a very good basketball team. We talked about it in the off season and maybe some early season losses that we felt like we should have won, tampered expectations a bit. But I think expectations uh, are rightfully rising with this Tiger Hoop squad. And um, Tiger basketballer Cavell Bigby Williams named SEC Player of the Week for his efforts for LSU last week. What, else you, what else you got, Trey? Well, AD is out for a while for the Pelicans. I was watching live when he hurt his finger the other night. He uh, he wanted to stay in the game and did, as a matter of fact, for a few seconds until it was obviously out of reach late. And then he went straight into the locker room. The playoff pictures crowded in both the West and the East. Four or five games sometimes separate teams seven through 12. Eight teams go to the playoffs. Uh, and we're tightening with that bunch. I think we're now 12th or 13th, but we're still only about four or five games out of the playoff spot. The Pelicans need to win without AD over these next couple of weeks if they're going to remain hopeful for a playoff spot. I think it can happen. He's a great player. He's certainly the best player we have, but this team is not devoid of talent. As we talked the other day, the uh, Pelicans played Golden State and played just about as perfectly as you can possibly play and uh, still got beat. But the team is good. They're players who can take over scoring load, and we're going to have to see what this team's made out of. Finally got healthy, now lose AD. Another test for Coach Gentry and the Pelicans. Let's hope that they uh, are up to the task, Tom. Yep, uh, not good with Anthony Davis being out uh certainly not going to help their situation Trey Blossman what else you got sir well Boogie Cousins made his long-awaited debut for Golden State the other night he fouled out after I think 17 minutes to play Tommy Gee. well he may be physically ready to play he's not mentally ready to play they go at it again tonight and he's been uh cleared to play as many as 20 minutes so we'll uh we'll see what happens with that uh, and uh, how they proceed. On a closing note, I don't know if you saw or if you're familiar with what happened between the Lakers and the Rockets Saturday night on national television. Did you see that? No, I did not. The Rockets were down 18 points at halftime, and they made a few runs in the second half, got closed, opened back up. They were down as many as eight with about a minute and a half to go. They forced overtime and won the football, won the football game. He won the basketball game. Uh, an amazing 48-point effort. 
by James Harden, complemented by 30 points from uh, what's the guy that used to play for us? It's over there now. I'm brain dead, Tommy. Uh, played college at Indiana. Uh, Eric Gordon at 30 yeah, points. Yeah, Eric Gordon. Uh, great comeback. The Lakers are really hurting right now without Rondo, without uh, James, and now without Lonzo Ball, who even though you and I like to kick him around a little bit, is playing a little bit better basketball. But uh, the Lakers are uh, in a real bad spot right now, and they could lose a lot of ground for a potential playoff spot as well. You jogged my memory with a comment you made a few minutes ago as we wrap up. You said that Boogie Cousins uh, fouled out 17 minutes into the game? Yeah, actually 15 minutes. I'm now looking at the box. So he had 14 points, but he fouled out. Wilt Chamberlain played 1,045 games and never fouled out. <laughs> Put that in you. Let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, but he, he didn't have all the big guys around him like that, you know? <laughs> Still, come on. And you can and back then five fouls disqualified. You're not six. That's true. That's a good point. All right, Trey Blossman. We'll do this again later in the week. Always fun to visit, and uh, hopefully, time will heal the physical and mental scars uh, inflicted upon uh, Saints fans worldwide. You know, we talked about people hurting, man. I didn't even mention this, but you got to feel for Drew Brees, knowing his chances. Maybe he has one more chance to try this. You know, that's got to hurt. That's well, got to hurt him. Ben Watson's retiring. That's how his career ends. Yeah. One well, of the finest men that? in the that, NFL. That is bad. All, All right, right Trey. Talk to you later in the week. All right. Appreciate it. That's Trey Blossman. I am Tommy Chrysan.